So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everything else in between. It is season two, episode 35 of the most consistent, world-famous, top 5% rated podcast, the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris, and I am an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. Friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. What the fuck is all of this shit doing in my studio? It's the Christmas gifts. Bring them back. No, they need a hiding place. It's not very fucking hidden. The kids know they're not allowed in here. What kid does not creep in and check on their Christmas gifts? Well, Frankie's not going to come down here. She's gated upstairs. And actually, Max gifts aren't here. One of them is. I still do not agree. Well, whatever. This is a lot of shit for people that don't have a lot of money. I know. It's not that much, though. I was actually feeling bad because, like, Mac is getting, like, not many gifts, but they're, like, bigger ticket items. And Frank- The fucking kid gets, like, a $10,000 Xbox every year. Are you shitting me right now? I don't feel bad for him. Then Frankie is getting more items, but like a fraction of the price. So I don't know. You want it to be equitable. You know what I mean? So it's not the same amount of boxes. It's not the same amount of money. It's all a mess. The whole thing's bullshit. I am now officially Jewish. I'm going to buy her a playhouse, though. I'm just deciding which one. Nope. Jewish people do not have playhouses. They have nine of them. They get nine nights of Hanukkah or eight. I don't know. Many of them. And... One of them's always a playhouse. Don't they just get like matzo soup or no, something? No, they get nice gifts. It's just one a night instead of like all over in 30 seconds after your parents spend three months paying for it, planning it, and wrapping it. I feel like that's a good setup for life. Yeah, right? It's like sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the build up to Christmas. That's why my favorite moment of the Christmas season is when the kids are in bed, the tree is all done, every all the presents are out, and it's like this calm. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like such, it's so peaceful, and like you see all the hard work, and you anticipate their joy, you know? And then it's over in 30 seconds the next day, and it's like you were there, but you forgot about it. I don't know if we ever talked about this. Maybe we have at some point. It, it, we definitely have privately just the whole, you know, Christmas thing, because I was never... I mean, obviously, growing up, there were family Christmases and things like that. I'm sure, you know, again, through the addiction slash disease process, I had missed out on many a Christmas. I'm almost positive of that. However, it's different when you have your own children. Absolutely. Or, you know, in every other year, tax credit in Max's case. It's just like, it's phenomenal. And it's magical, and you only get a couple good years, oh, right? Oh, magical. I like that. Yeah, it really is. And you only get a couple good years. Like, Mac doesn't believe anymore, but we were talking about it on the ride here. I was like, what do you think? Do you think we should do the elf with Frankie? He's like, oh, we have to. And he's like, I'll help you. Like, when I'm here, I'll do the elf. Does he believe in fucking 26% annual percentage rates on credit cards? Because <laughs> that's what the fuck this is. The elf is fine. But anyway, um, no, I paid for this all in cash, which is the best part about it. Um, that's why I start early. Well, I'm glad I work 16 jobs for you to fucking buy Christmas gifts. That's what it's all about. Fuck it that. To I want a Range Rover. I know. That's what you think it's about, buying stuff for yourself. 
But I don't. I haven't bought myself any treats with any of your settlements. I bought all the kids' Christmas gifts. Bird Dog needs a Range Rover. Well, that's fine. Do you want a Range Rover power wheel for the bird dog to drive? I bet Frankie would love to drive her around Actually, in a power wheel. that would wheel. be super cute. <laughs> would I get a, like a side cart? <laughs> the bird and Frankie ripping around the neighborhood. <laughs> um, but it's just magical. And you only get a couple good years. Like Frankie last year had no idea what was happening. This year she'll be excited, but she won't understand really, really leading up to it. You know mm. what I mean? Like tomorrow Santa's coming. Like she's not going to know what that means. Um, next year it'll start to like sink in. Really? Yeah. And then you get from like three to eight or three to nine and then they don't believe anymore. Like you really get like five good years of Santa. Unless your kids go to public school, in which case they find out in like the second grade that Santa's not real. I know, but ours are super sheltered. So like Mac finally fessed up last year in the fifth grade that he didn't believe. No offense to those that go to public school. No, none at all. But it is. It's so magical, and I freaking love it. Like, I, I was I was born to play Santa, and not because I'm short and a little rounder than I like to be these days, but because, like, I, I love giving gifts. That's, like, one of my favorite things, and I do a ton of, like, I put a lot of thought into it, and a lot of work goes into it. So I've been checking stuff off my box since August, like planning it and getting it ready, so... You sure do. Bah humbug for you, but Fucking hey. Christmas will be magical for our children, whether you participate or not. I plan on hunting that morning. Well, that's fine, because Christmas Eve, you're going to be putting a playhouse together. No, if you all remember from last year, it took me several months to put together the kitchen. <laughs> several months. It actually only took him about 45 minutes when he took it out of the box. Yeah, but the box sat here and collected dust for... Three months. The yeah. problem is I, like, get nervous that it won't. I've spent many Christmases with Mac as a kid that you go to put that, like, big stunner gift together, and there's a piece missing. And then I was actually, for some reason, my phone reminded me of Christmas Pass, and it's the basketball hoop that actually didn't have the, the poles to hold it up or the trampoline that was missing the part that connects it to the actual rim. So it was just a net on the ground and a frame. Like, you know what I mean? But you don't know that if you don't try before Christmas Eve to put them together. And imagine that. Look at you. You're still on your second husband. All that effort. Here so you are. So this marriage, new marriage, we're going to put gifts together ahead of time. The fuck we are. You'll be building that playhouse very soon. <laughs> She'll be lucky if she sees that playhouse on her 16th birthday. <laughs> I'm just saying. So anyway. Daddy's busy. Welcome to the boob studio, darling, which is now a warehouse for children's gifts. It is. What would you like to discuss? I don't know. I would like to discuss it before we sit down. Why? Because, uh, I don't know, I, I like to have a plan or at least a little thought in my head. You normally like, I mean, you sweat, you knock me off my feet, honey, but sometimes it's not for the positive. No, nah, you're too short to get knocked off your feet. It wouldn't be a long fall. Low center of gravity. <laughs> I got a couple of things we can talk about. Great. Let's thank the sponsors. Our studio sponsor is Marlane Graphics. MarlaneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And our show sponsor is Realtor and a Baby. RealtorAndABaby.com for all of your real estate needs. We also have picked up a new, I guess, episode sponsor, if you will. I have no idea. So Megan's great friend from high school, Megan O'Neill, has written her inaugural book in the world of lesbians. It is called The Scissor Sisters. How to properly scissor. We're going to have her on at some point in time. Maybe she can show me where the clitoris is. Oh, God. That would be nice. Wouldn't it? 
Yeah. For both of us. What would you like to discuss, darling? Megan, as usual, is shitting herself right now. <laughs> I, uh, well, I was just going to say I went to my high school reunion. Oh, you sure did. Um, and it was fun. Um, not a lot of my, like, quote unquote, like, my friends that I hung out with in high school went. But it was still really nice to see people. I got to catch up with people, spend time with, you know, friends from high school. It was really nice. I had a good time. Now, there was a lot of, I don't know, if anticipation, anxiety, planning, although I'm, I don't know if you were part of the planning process. No, I, didn't I, plan. I don't give a fuck. No. I, I left high school where it belongs like 25 years ago back in high school, but except, that's okay. Except your high school sweetheart. Oh, Aaron. I know. Oh, I knew where Aaron's clitoris was. If you did, she probably wouldn't have cheated on you and left you for someone else. That's because apparently they also knew what the <laughs> clitoris was. <laughs> Shockingly, I wasn't the only guy that knew. <laughs> oh, anyways, I wonder how beat up that vagina is these days. Erin's? Yeah. Uh, probably bad. I think she has more marriages than me under her belt, you've said. I think you're, well, one, two. Not that I've been following. Uh, it's fine, honey. I really don't care. I think you think it makes me like jealous in some sort of way, but it really doesn't. That's unfortunate. I told you, go back. You can live in Worcester. You can get you a nice job at the Walmart. You can just live out your high school sweetheart dreams. Aaron, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> and I miss you. Is that it? I think that's it. All right. That I got nothing sums else. It up. So, yeah, I was really nervous going I'm sorry into my I wasn't reunion. enough for you. So. <laughs> 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 all right. So back to your high school reunion. So, first of all, Chris had told me right off the bat he was not going. Not going. It's not my thing. And I don't know. I was actually taking a, a monstrous dump that I sent a picture of to Megan and JP the other day. Excuse me. I've misspoken. Auntie JP. Um, and so I'm sitting there, you know, pushing out my innards and I'm thinking to myself, why don't I do these things? I don't have an, an actual answer. I, I think my answer is like I just said, I left it, you know, 25 years ago with my feelings for Aaron. I love you. It's just not my thing. Yeah. And, and I'm sure like deep down inside that has something to do with the inadequacies that followed the two decades post high school but uh, again that's probably more my shit than than anything else you know and as we all know if chris is in his shit or if it's not his thing then just because his partner would like him to come he does not honey i came in your hair <laughs> which interestingly you wore to sunday dinner at your parents house but not to your high school reunion i know well i wore something to my high school reunion so here's the thing oh, about I'm sure it right you did. So normally, an event like this would have me, like, super anxious. I'd be planning an outfit for weeks, all this kind of stuff. I call bullshit. Qu oh, no, I, of course I would. So this round, I There's just... There's 17 tops on the bathroom floor right now. There is. But so I'm getting to that. So this oh, time around, I didn't really have time for that. I have ejaculated prematurely once again. Always. I did not have time for that. Like I worked all week and it was like a super busy work week and I was supposed to take like an early day on Friday to come home and get ready. But the flu decided to come like fuck you. No such thing. And so I was not taking an early anything. There is only COVID. So the reunion started at seven. I'm about 50 minutes from work to my house and then from my house to the reunion about 50 minutes. So like we're looking at, you know, an hour and 45 minutes in travel 
I wasn't going to finish work till five-ish. Is it not appropriate to show up fashionably late to one of these? I mean, I did. I was like 40 minutes late. Or are you so type A that like you had to be there at approximately 8 p.m.? No. In fact, I would have actually gotten there at like 7.23 p.m., but I was so anxious, I drove by and drove for a couple miles, turned around, and came back. I had to stop at the 7-Eleven and pick up some Magnums just in case no. your errand showed up. I was super anxious. So anyway, I wasn't going to have time to really prepare. I had to dry my hair in the morning. Like It's not even like I had a fresh blowout going. I literally mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. home, showered myself, put on a pair of jeans that fit, and I had like a couple tops. So I did, I had stopped at like TJ Maxx and picked up like a couple tops, but I decided I actually didn't even like any of them and wore a sweater that I've had for probably seven years. I love that. Yeah. And a pair of shoes. And so I. Whereas I would have stopped at the Tom Ford store, gotten a nice new suit, a nice set of Prada loafers. Yeah. I wore a last year's pair of jeans, a sweater that I've had in my closet for a million years. And I did a, like, a what is it, tits, ass, and vagina shower. That was it. I believe it's called a PTA, pussy, tits, and ass. And I did include the shoes because I was wearing, like, nurse shoes all day for eight hours. <laughs> and they probably fucking stunk. <laughs> and, um, you know, I slapped on some makeup and left. Like, I didn't, and I almost think that was better because if I would have mm. had, like, six hours to prepare, I would have been in even more of a state. Then I I knew I only had literally 25 minutes to get all of this done. Were you, uh, what was your level of anxiety at, let's say, I I don't know, Friday morning when you woke up versus when you jumped in the car Friday So Friday was actually good because I was so insanely busy at work. I had zero time to think about it. That's not the answer to the question. So what was your level of anxiety when you woke? I don't know if we've talked about this. Actually, we haven't because the last episode I was like, oh, I'm so grateful. I love you. Now I'm talking about Aaron, who, you know, 25 years ago left me. Uh, Megan also has gotten a clean bill of health. So I'm back to being ungrateful and nasty. Nice. So the question was, when you woke up on Friday morning, what was your level of anxiety versus when you jumped in the car on Friday? Like to leave for the reunion? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting to. I don't know why you can't just let me tell the story. It's because you give the longest, most ridiculous answers ever. Friday morning, how'd you feel? Let's break it down. Uh, uh, A two on a scale of one to ten. See, that's all we needed, Megan. By the time I got in the car, it was probably a seven. Nobody gives a fuck how your workday was, what you had for lunch. Answer the fucking question. By the time I was driving by the reunion and not making a left into the driveway, I was a 43 out of (laughs) ten. All right, why? I don't know. Have and you I, thought about it? Yeah, no, I think it's because... Tony? No, I, I wasn't going with, like, a person. Like, I wasn't... And I don't mean my partner. I don't mean you. Ooh. I mean, I wasn't going with a best friend, a good friend. Uh, uh, I didn't drive there with someone. Like, mm. I felt like a lot of people, like, safety in numbers came in pairs. Not sure. necessarily a couple, per se, but, like... You know, oh, and I, you know, me and so-and-so came together. Me and so-and-so came together. I was coming alone. Okay. So I'm walking in. I know I'm going to be walking in being like, I don't have, like, the safe person to hang out with when I don't have anyone to talk to. Which is interesting because if you know anything about Megan, you know she is just the most bubbly, friendliest, tells the worst stories that have zero punchlines person ever. And I'm just like, so again, I know you obviously 
you know, privately, as does, you know, Tony and, and Mike and the, the many, many others that came before me. I just, I don't know, I, I struggle to, to sort of wrap my head around that. No, how you could be anxious in a public setting. It's funny because I'm extremely social in situations I'm comfortable in. Well, these are all people you know, right? Yeah, but you haven't seen them in 20 years. Although we were saying that, it's kind of funny going to a reunion now because you're mm. like, oh, what have you been up? It's so good to see you. What have you been up to? I mean, I know because I've been watching you on Facebook for the last 20 years. <laughs> Do you have kids? I mean, I know you have two. The one plays soccer. The one does dance. You know, like it, it's like this weird thing. Like and we were all kind of talking about it. Like it's funny. Like you're acting like you don't know what people are doing in their lives, but you know exactly what they're fucking doing in their lives or at least what they're showing on screen. Oh, two different, very, very different stories now. Always. Someone did say to me, and I kind of liked this. They were like, I have to say, I loved when you posted you were getting married because I don't think we said anything about it until we were like at the Phillies game like a month before we got married. And we had actually been engaged for a while, but I was even pregnant at this point. Like, you know, it was like kind of a last minute announcement, even though we had been engaged for six months. It's not like when I was 22 and got engaged and I'm like posting the whole engagement photo shoot. Mm. right and someone said to me they're like I kind of loved it because you were kind of like it almost said to me like oh shit happens here's gonna be my new husband yes you know and I was like yeah it kind of was and he hasn't made an announcement because he is still waiting for Erin I don't know if that would matter to her honey your love runs so deep it's the only thing that runs deep here also true um so yeah no I was nervous and I'm gonna be completely honest with you right now sure when I was driving by that first time when I couldn't even pull in because at this point my anxiety was so high, I was like, maybe I could go and mm. get one glass of wine or one little airplane bottle. Do they sell those at the Wawa? I don't think so. Although Mac and I realized today they do sell them at Sheets. So if I would have gone to Lancaster instead of Lansdale, it would have been an option. But <laughs> anyway, I was like, Mac's like, they sell alcohol here? They don't sell that at the Wawa. I was like, no kidding. I stopped at seven. I'm just kidding. I didn't. But I, I that went through my mind. It 100% went through my mind. But instead, I drove five miles. I actually drove by my parents' old house. I drove by my grandparents' house. I that like I sold for a record in the neighborhood, by the way. I like centered myself, turned around, put some lipstick on, got a pack of gum, and drove back. That's good because nobody wants to smell your nasty breath after a 20-year hiatus. True story. So um, did you pick up the phone and call a friend? I did not. Ooh. I know. I probably shut up, right? So you were very, very close but did nothing about it except drive by and sit more in your shit. No, so that's actually not what I did. I, I drove by, I like recentered myself. I thought about my I'm, life. I'm not giving you shit, by the way. And I prayed is what I did. Oh, little Jesus. I did a little Jesus. You know, I, I, I played back the tapes. And like that's something, too, that they say in AA, you know, and I. Now play out the situation. I, play out the scenario. Yeah, I literally said I could have just one. It would take the edge off. I would feel better socially. It sure would. No one would know. Nobody's going to argue that point. And it could be just one. Mm -hmm. And then I like, you know, I'm telling myself that. Right. And then I'm telling myself, you know, it won't just be one. Ah. And you are going to embarrass yourself ruin your life, not show up to pick up your son in a couple hours, Wouldn't and be throw the first time. it all away. 
if you have just one. Consequences. Yeah. So I I did. I put myself in a good place. And I will tell you, most people are very behaved. But there was a couple people, like, you could tell I drank too much or whatever. And I was thinking, like, oh, my God. I would have been so much worse than that. You know? Yeah. If this was five years ago... I would have been a disaster at this reunion. I would have completely humiliated myself. I would have made people uncomfortable. I would have like, it just would have been awful. And I was so grateful when I ordered my Shirley Temple and the bartender kind of gave me a little laugh that I did not have to take a drink that night to be there. Isn't, or maybe it's not funny. You know, you think about if this was, you know, your 20-year high school reunion five years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And like you just said, you would have embarrassed yourself. And oh, I would have danced on the bar, done something inappropriate. asshole yep. out of mm-hmm. yourself. 100%. But it was almost acceptable to a certain extent, right? Like you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I did that. And it's literally just like a, a three second thought. I don't it would rent space in my head for a while, though. I think that's part really? of this cycle. Oh, yeah. And I think that's part of the cycle. Then that night you're picking up another drink because you feel so shitty about what you did the night before. You mm. know what I mean? That's always how it was for me. Like I I felt horrible after I drank and decisions I made. Now, I was happy that I blacked out a lot. Because I didn't have to remember everything. And I was happy. um, I I didn't like when people told me. Like, oh, my God, you should have seen what you did last night. I don't want to know. Yeah, keep it to yourself. I'm good. Thanks. Like, (laughs) ignorance is bliss. I think I'd probably answered that with, I know what I did last night. I fucking did it. Meanwhile, in the back of my mind, I'm like, fucking thank God I don't replay that shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those tapes you can't replay always because I have, like, chunks of my life that are missing. (laughs) Those... Those tapes have been erased. Yes, they have. With no recollection. I remember some days really trying to figure it out. And I was like, God, I'm not. I have, I'll have. i never get that. those moments of time back. And that's probably for the best. Mm. But that is kind of a scary feeling, you know, to know, like, uh, you know, a blackout's real and it's no joke. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, th- there can be a lot of incredibly negative and long-lasting consequences that come from a blackout. And, you know, we don't necessarily need to get into that right now. No. Let's get back to Megan O'Neill. So instead, I actually spent a lot of time with Megan O'Neill and had a blast. I also... Did she tell you where the clitoris is? No. I don't know why you have to get into people's personal lives. Although... This is a podcast about personal lives. It's about your personal life. I need to know where the clitoris is. You absolutely do. I'm not disputing that fact. Moving on. <laughs> Take an anatomy class, bro. But anyway. I, did, I I went to Catholic school. They didn't teach that. No, definitely not. But again, you can, you know, be a priest and finger some little boy's asshole. Yeah. But let's okay. not talk about the clitoris. Anyway, so I've lost my train of thought yet again. Thank you, Chris. Let me center you. You ready? Yeah. Tony. No. Anyway, so, but what I did encounter, even though I was anxious when I got there, what I did encounter was a ton of people saying to me that they're huge listeners of the podcast. Look at you, you little celebrity. I was like, not a celebrity by any means, but like, I was actually impressed that that many people there listened. It was kind of cool. I don't know. So back in the day when we had not necessarily first started the podcast, but probably a couple of months into it, we started like literally getting world rankings. It was top 10 percent and then it's top 5 percent. So anyways, we took a screenshot of one of the ratings things and sent it to Megan's family and Megan's mother, who is just the most 
I, I'm trying to think of how to say this very nicely. Black and white person. Uh, I don't think that, but go ahead. Well, maybe not black, but like, you know where you stand with Mimi. Yeah, she's blonde. Yeah. And, and that's why I love her. But she was like, wow, what does that say about the world? Yeah. That, that you two idiots are in the top 5% of podcasts. No, that's actually <laughs> not what she said. And she Megan was said, like, well, there's there's a lot of shitty podcasts She out said, there. what's that say about the world? Like, how many people need that help? Mm. Like, how many people you're reaching? And that's the message I got. Like, that I heard from a what I got. ton of people that weren't, aren't addicts or alcoholics by any means. Um, some people just listen because they think it's funny or it speaks to them in some other sort of way. Some did tell me like I've helped them because even though them they themselves are an addict or alcoholic, they mm-hmm. have family members that struggle and it actually like helps them to hear us talk about it from our perspective. Interesting. And also yeah. not the first time that we've heard that. No. In fact, we always say addicts and alcoholics are the worst listeners ever because if it's not about them, they're not that interested. But it is about them. It is. But, you know, they don't know. <laughs> They'd rather us tell their story. So, like, we have a less alcoholic <laughs> listeners than we do family members of alcoholics. Yeah. Tons of family members reach out to us, mm-hmm. which is really kind of awesome. Because I think you get it not necessarily... You know what it is? I think that you get certain parts of the truth from, you know, said family member. And, and again, when I was in active addiction, it was the same thing. Like, you get the truth that I want to tell you, yeah. not necessarily the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You actually get, like, 0% truth. On here, however, we are quite literally an open book. The good, the bad, everything in between. You get it all. We're also outside of it now. Like, we've got a lot of 24s under our belt, so we're able to actually see the truth. When you're in active addiction, you're, some of what you're saying to family, you may actually even believe. It's not that bad, or you'll be okay, or you can have one more, or, or that wasn't the problem. me. Or, yeah, exactly. Or I'm not the problem, or this is why it happened. Because we all have that, right? Like, when you're in active addiction... You'll go on and on and on about why it's everyone else's fault. It's not until you actually take these steps and, you know, get real recovery that you know you were the problem and can speak honestly about it. It was never my fault until the eighth attempt at rehab in two decades in active addiction. And I was like, holy fuck, it is my fault. (laughs) Exactly. God, that hurts. But when you're dealing with family members that still are in active addiction, or even if they're not drinking, but they haven't come to that realization yet, it's hard. It's got to be hard. I, I must share a little bit of the blame with Aaron. Okay. That's all. That's nice, honey. Yeah. No? Is that your amends? No. No. Some amends, they will tell you, some amends are better off just letting it be. Yeah. That's why you got a daughter. Yeah. That's <laughs> my ultimate fuck you from the world and yeah. <laughs> also the amends to the thousands of girls who I never found the clitoris as well. Someone said to me, they're like, I actually just downloaded Matthew Perry's book because you talked about it. So it's a phenomenal read slash listen slash however you prefer to pick that up. But please do pick it up. But that's one of the things he says in there that I love. Like he made a deal with God right before he landed at Friends. And he prayed, God, do with my life what you will. Just please make me famous. And God was like, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) And then he became famous and he's like, 
this sucks because I literally can't go anywhere without like running into somebody or asking for an autograph or this or that. Well, it's not like, even be that. Careful what you wish for. He took it like, you know, God did make me famous, but was like, dude, you're going to have this monkey on your back to deal with for a very long time for the rest well, of your life. In fact, I think that monkey was in place long before. Friends. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it's just I loved that line, like kind of very, you know, matter of a fact, he made a deal with God, but also with the devil at the same time. That's usually how it works. Anyway, it, it was just it w- ended up being a lot of fun. It was great. And it was went from seven to ten. And at like ten of ten, I was like, I'm going to go. And I was actually one of the first people to leave. Um, but I did have to go get Mac, which was good. I had that actually in place on purpose that I had my dad pick him up and bring him to their house instead of bringing him home because I knew I had an obligation to get to. So it was kind of like extra security for myself, if that oh. makes sense. It's if good I that was you tempted use your to drink, as a security no. blanket. No, if I was tempted to drink, like it, I set up, you know. But you just said you were tempted to drink. Yeah, but again, I didn't. Oh. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, I do put these measures in place, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, absolutely not. And I don't care if you're one day in, ten years in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's still an insidious disease. It will creep up on you in the least expected moment and you have to almost have those measures in place right yeah and again should I like I did text Chris on the way here I wish you were coming with me tonight should I have said because I'm like shaking at the steering wheel right now and thinking about getting a drink probably but you know I didn't but I also think maybe he knew and the loving husband that I was literally replied gay don't come home and then 10 minutes later followed it up with a nice text I'm glad you're going have fun I did? I love you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I know. You try to be an asshole all the time, but sometimes it seeps out that you're actually not. I see. You, you are literally the luckiest girl in the world. <laughs> no. Maybe like the third luckiest, minus the clitoris thing. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Well. I don't know. Chris is in some sort of mood today. We can talk about that next if you want. No, we're running over time, and I have to go hunting. Oh, and, that's why he's in some... And I think the child the older child was watching the younger child and now they were laughing and now it just cried so something bad may have happened there's literally feet poking through the door and they are of the human kind okay oh interesting uh so you had a good time i did have a good time it was great to see everyone i have to say wait this was the other funny thing we talked about it was almost like putting yourself back in high school like nothing changed but really 20 years went by you know what i mean but you felt like you were just actually you know on your way to mr murphy's history class you know, a lot's changed, though, right? Oh, my God. So much has changed. And that's like kind of the incredible thing to see people that have, you know, I, I don't know, done good with our lives. You know, was there like the ugly duckling in high school that's now like a Victoria's Secret model or like the fat, dumpy kid that sat in the back eating hoagies? Who's now like a personal trainer or something like that? No. The success story, if you Everyone will. looked good, though. Like, no one looked like, no one you were like, oh, wow, that 20 years was bad to you. Everyone looked great. So congratulations, class of 2002. 2002, Jesus Christ. Tell me about it. Woof. I know. Erin graduated at 99. No. Was she younger than you? No. Were you 99? Yes. Oh. No, she was younger than me. I think you were actually 98. No, Rick was 98. Oh, okay. I was 99. Maybe she was 2000? No, she was 99. Oh, same grade, just a little younger. Correct. Okay. So like a couple months, it wasn't that serious. Couple months of what? Younger. Oh. 
It's not like me. I've got a whole four years younger than you. How lucky you are. I know. Tell me about it. How lucky you are. Oh, some young, supple woman you are. Yeah, okay. Your supple bosom. Uh, hanging to from. your belly button. Oh, it's so awful. Oh, God. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Digress. Yes. You got anything else, honey? No, I'm glad your butthole is good. Oh, me too. And I did want to tell everyone that because I think people are like, so is everything all right? And I was like, yeah, everything's fine. So you got the cancer? I do not. I've got one more final test on Wednesday, the follow-up this Monday, and but it all looks good. The pathology all came back precancerous, which is, you know, unfortunate. But um, well. I actually look at it as a positive because at least I know I'm high risk. They'll watch me like crazy. It's a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. Got to so. see the positive in it. All good. Excellent, darling. Anything else? I don't think so. Anybody you want to say hi to? Tony? No. David? There's the no David. Michael? You're so crazy. Chris is the most... I'm sure... How were you feeling when I was going to my high school reunion? Tired. And in reality, did you spend did you spend time spiraling in your head? Actually, no. Oh, that's good for you, hon. I think it was worse leading up to it. Really? Yeah. Just because I was like, this hoe bag. I know. Because it's funny. He says all these things like, who are you texting? Who are you doing this? Who are you doing that? Because really in his mind, he's like, who is she texting? Where is Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Checking the credit card statements. What hotel has she booked for Friday evening? (laughs) As, um... As a Megan doesn't need a hotel. Megan's a backseat kind of girl. I don't even know how to describe you. Chris comes off. He's actually like super anxious and insecure. Oh, I've said that. Maybe not anxious, but I've definitely said before I am an incredibly insecure person. Yeah. So he throws insultive jokes, but really he's, you know, terrified daily that I'll leave him. Not really. You are, though. No. Mm-hmm. No. Would I be butthurt? Yeah, absolutely. But again, there's always Aaron. There's a shit ton of equity in this house. Like, I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might take another 20 years, but I'd be okay. <laughs> 60 years old, I'd be doing a podcast going, Megan and Aaron. <laughs> Megrin. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, what were we just talking about? I don't know. No, fuck it. Say goodnight, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Please cut off your pet's privates. And if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.